Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Grizzly Bear Bets podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chase Bobbitt. Today is Saturday, October 29th, 2022, and the Memphis Grizzlies are in Utah tonight to play a first of two games in a row against the Utah Jazz. We'll do a quick recap of the game on Thursday against the Sacramento Kings, then we'll get right into the bets for the game tonight. Before that, I take no financial responsibility for any bets you may place, and all odds used in this podcast are brought to you by DraftKings. So going to the game on Thursday night against the Kings, the Grizzlies defeated the Kings 125-110. to They covered the minus 3.5 spread that it closed at. Wasn't a great night from John Morant. Reports were he had some kind of flu-like illness. That seems to be still in effect for the game tonight. We'll touch on that in a bit. But for this game, Jaw still did finish with 22-6. and When it came down to our bets, that did end up hurting majority of the bets that we did lose were John Morant-related, and he you know, didn't play up to his normal standard. So that was tough. Grizzlies still got the win. Desmond Bain stole the show for a second night in a row. He cast our play of the game, which is now 5-0 and on the year. I keep harping on it on Twitter. Get on get on to the play of the games. 5-0 and on the year, as I just said. Bain over 19.5 was the play for that night, um, for Thursday night. And he also hit his over assist, which was set at three and a half, which seems to be two. It's been two and a half and three and a half all year up to this point. He's hit it every single time. So the books may finally catch on to that. Um, but he was he was great again, finished the game with 31 points, four assists, went six from eight from three, and has really stepped up his game the last two two matchups um, the Grizzlies have had before after a slow start. So, Jake LaRavia also had the best game of his early career. He finished the game with 13 points and 9 boards. There was a sequence towards the end of the game that I tweeted about that I believe he had a steal, he had a 3, he got a rebound. He was just doing everything. And there was about a 2-minute span that I was like, alright, I really understand what the Grizzlies were going for here. Um, if he plays his role well, plays like he did on Thursday, I think he's a great asset for the Grizzlies. And he spaces the floor a lot more than someone like Kyle Anderson did. So if he can do everything else as well as shoot the ball well, then he's definitely an upgrade, I think, in the long haul from a Kyle Anderson or a DeAnthony Melton. So very positive from Jake LaRavia there. On the other end, we had De'Aaron Fox over 25.5 points. He's averaging over 30 a game, so I called this line saying it was a bit short. He did get the over, which was at 27 points is what he ended up hitting. Actually ended up being a bit closer than I would have expected because he looked like he was going to crush this over at the beginning, but he finished with 27, cashed that over, and for us, the last bet that was made that, that was influenced was the under in this game, so we set over, the under hit, the game ended at 235 points, as you could see, over was 236.5, Chima Monique had a chance at the end of the game with two free throws to cash the over. He missed both, so I would definitely, if I'm the NBA, look into some kind of tampering there because he bricked both those th- uh, free throws. So only kidding there, but he did miss the two free throws to keep the game at the under. So all in all, it was a great win for the shorthanded Grizzlies. Sacramento's a team that up to this point has been trending in the right direction. They have good players. Came out the gate hot. Looked like they were going to run away with this. And then the Grizzlies do what they do best. Clawback end up winning the game pretty comfortably um, against the Sacramento team that you look top to bottom on the roster. Do have some really good players or very solid players, I could say. Good is a is a stretch. So Grizzlies moved to 4-1 on the year. They now will play the Utah Jazz two times in the next three days. One of those weird 
situations, and there's been a couple of them in the NBA. I know the, the Sixers played the Raptors last night in what was two games and three days. So it's happening a lot more now. I think the NBA just wants teams to stay put rather than traveling back and forth. They just keep them in the same spot, play the team twice. So game tonight, as I look at the lines currently, the Grizzlies are sitting at minus four. The over-under is at 231.5. Obviously, the main news here, the main reason for the spread is that John Morant is listed as doubtful with an illness. Same illness that was bothering him in the game on Thursday against the Kings seems to be keeping him out tonight. Non-COVID-related, some kind of flu. So, John Morant, to my knowledge, especially with the line being at minus four on the day of the game, I would say he's not going to play in this game. Really no reason to risk him you know, playing in this early on, um, especially when, you, you know, Tyus Jones is re-signed more than competent as a backup point guard. And we saw what the Grizzlies did last year without Ja Morant for the whole season. Or not, sorry, not for the whole season, but in the games that Ja did not play, we saw what the, the Grizzlies were able to do. Obviously a much different team now without Jaron Jackson, maybe without Conchar, and then without Anderson and Melton. But still, Grizzlies have, have done this before and, and are more than capable of playing without Ja Morant. Um Though I know the narrative that somehow the Grizzlies are better without John Morant, not the case at all. You see that from the line. So Grizzlies minus four is the line. Obviously with Utah, it's very tough to even judge any kind of head-to-head stat or any last season stat with the Utah Jazz since they completely blew up any team or any um, similarity this season as they did last year. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell went out the door. Um, Tank for one by Yama was obviously the play going into the year. But with that being said, I think um, Danny Ainge will be upset that they have not done that. They're 4-2 and two on the season. I've made the mistake of betting against them a couple times to start the year. We'll get to that in a second. But if you want to go off last season, Utah was 34-51-3 against the spread last year, third worst in the NBA. They did underperform a lot last season, which is why they ended up making the moves they made. They were a bit better at home. They covered 40.5% of their games in Salt Lake City. So last year, not a great team against the spread. Again, a much different team. Roster looks no nowhere near the same as it did last year. But this year, 3-3 three and three against the spread at home. They're a perfect 2-0. and oh. They've beaten teams like the Nuggets and the Timberwolves, two teams that had a lot of or still have a lot of hopes this season. But the Jazz did lose last night 117 to 101 to the the Denver Nuggets in the second game that they've played against them so far this year. They only had three players go into double figures. Jordan Clarkson finished with six points. Laurie Markkinen was very good again last night. He had 17 points. He's been the guy that, especially for me, um, betting against the the Jazz so far has been a a tough player to watch, but that means that he's been playing well. He's been awesome so far, and I think him, Clarkson, probably not Sexton, but, you know, some of those guys will probably get moved in the coming weeks. Before, uh, the trade deadline has a, has a decent amount of time, but I think the Jazz will make moves sooner rather than later to start losing a bit more so they can get really in the race for a win by Nyama when that time comes. So Grizzlies minus four is the line that I see right now. Ja Morant played in two of the three games last year. The one game that Ja did not play, the Grizzlies did lose. Jaron Jackson Jr. led the way with 28 points. Tyus Jones had 24. Desmond Bain had 23. So three games they met last year. Grizzlies won two of the three. Grizzlies covered in every single game that they did play last year, but the game that Jaw did not play, 
the Grizzlies lost. Um, obviously, most of this is contingent on John Morant playing. So I'm going off the fact that he's not playing. If, you know, three hours before the game, it's listed that he's playing a lot of these lines, bets, everything will kind of get thrown off. So take that into account that this is all assuming he is not playing in this game. So um, Jazz, just some stats about them. They've won seven of their last seven games as a home underdog on a second leg of a back-to-back. So again, they played the the Nuggets last night. Back in Utah tonight, they've won seven of their last seven games, fitting that criteria. They've also covered four of the last five games as home underdogs against the Grizzlies. So data is definitely leaning jazz, but this is not the Grizzlies of last season without John Morant, just because Jaron Jackson Jr. is not playing, no Kyle Anderson. I've said the same things. I still think this is a very capable Memphis Grizzly team without John Morant. Desmond Bain is getting hot at the right time for John Morant to be out. Dylan Brooks is going to be able to take more of an offensive load, which I think will be good for Dylan to get back into the groove, have more responsibility shooting the ball. I'm not a huge fan of Dylan Brooks taking a bunch of shots, but no offense against the Utah Jazz. I think this is a game that he can do it and find his rhythm. Um, Guys like Laravia and Roddy will be asked to step up a lot more than they have been up to this point, though I think they've been good. I just talked about Laravia a second ago. Another great opportunity for him to have a good game. And then Tyus Jones, we re-signed him for a reason for games like this. That's why I believe, in my opinion, said it on Twitter. I've said it multiple times that he's the best backup point guard in the NBA. He can play with Jaw, He can play without Jaw. But Tyus Jones is a massive asset for this Grizzlies team and a big reason why I do think they cover this minus four spread. Um, tough for me to say because, as I keep saying, I've bet against the Jazz way too much up to this point. Um, whether it's Laurie Markkinen or Walker Kessler in his first game in the NBA looked like prime Shaquille O'Neal against Nikola Jokic. I think Kessler is listed as questionable for the game tonight, so hopefully he doesn't play because he just pisses me off. Um, no offense to him, but last time I watched this guy play, he looked like prime Shaq. So hopefully Kessler doesn't play. Um, give me the Grizzlies minus four. I think Utah is now trending back in the direction they should be. They may have gotten a, a half to or a, End of game speech the other night saying, hey guys, you know, get your stats, but maybe simmer down a bit on the winning. Um, you know, we're, we have a goal in mind, which is Victor Wambanyama. So give me the Grizzlies minus four. I still like all the role players. If you want to call them role players, all the players besides John Morant to, to do a job without him in the lineup. So Grizzlies minus four is my play there. Over under is at 231.5. This is one that seems way too high in my personal opinion. Um, Each of the last nine games, though, between the Grizzlies and Jazz have gone over the line that was listed for that respective game. There's not a single line that was in the 230s last year in games that had Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Rudy Gobert. um, No games in the 230s. Utah is 2-4 and in overs this year. 45% of their games went over last year, so not a great over team. We saw last night that what can happen when the Jazz kind of play probably more to their their true level, though Jordan Clarkson, I don't expect to have six points again. Um, they only scored 101 points last year against the or last night against the Denver Nuggets and Grizzlies three one and one on the over this season. With everything being said, everything leaning over, I'm going to go under on this play. Just very simple, <laughs> no John Morant. Jazz aren't that good. Go under 231 is a lot of points. Maybe Grizzlies get to. 
120, 117. Jazz, maybe 105. So I think 231 is a lot of points in this spot. I'm going under that total here. So going into some player props now, the first one is actually one that I have not bet at all this year. One of the most fun bets to make for quick money. It's kind of like the quick um, race to 10 bet. That is Desmond Bain first basket. So Desmond Bain first basket is currently at plus 360. Um, I was on this a lot last year because I was at the games last year a lot. And when you're at the games, especially, you notice that Bain seems to get the first shot a ton. Hasn't had the first basket this season. John Moran had two. Steven Adams had one of the three of five games that Grizzlies did get the first basket. Um, a lot of this has to do with simply the tip, which... Um, or the tip-off, which Steven Adams is one of the best tip-off players in the NBA for what's that worth. Um, Grizzlies won 71% of the tips last season and made 62% of their first baskets. Without John Morant, I think Bain is going to get into an action early, get a good shot um, to whether or not Bain knocks it down because I do think he will get that first shot. Again, it's just Desmond Bain makes it or not. Um, So at plus 360, I like that. I would go Desmond Bain first basket for... A great, great value play to start the night off. Um, can start the game off hot if that does hit. Now, with full transparency here, it is currently 8.30 a.m. Eastern time in Florida, down where I am, and the player props are currently not out for the game tonight. Obviously, that may have to do with the injury report and the fact that the game doesn't start for another 13 hours. This is the only time I can get the recording in today. All the game props are still out, so I'll still be able to give plays, but just know that this may be a shorter episode and all the plays will be player or sorry, team related rather than player related. Make sure to follow the Twitter at GrizzBearBets when the player props do go live. I'll tweet some of my plays there, tweet my opinions on those. I just cannot get it in the podcast. So with that being said, play of the game for tonight is race to 20, first quarter, minus 125 in favor of the Grizzlies. So Make sure when you make this bet, it says race to 20-first quarter. That's obviously just for the first team to get 20 points in the first quarter. If you go second, third, fourth, won't hit if they get it in the first. So that's my play of the game. Um, The Grizzlies have lost all three race to 20s in their away game so far this season. So against the Mavericks, the Rockets, and the Kings, they lost first to 20 in all those. I expect it to be a bit different tonight. Obviously, race to 20 rather than race to 10, which I've done in the past. Um, I think two of the first five games so far I've done race to 10. Race to 20 allows for the Jazz to go on a bit of a run to start. Home court advantage, coming back home off a back-to-back. Use that energy, you know, race to 10. Maybe Grizzlies 11-9 lose that. But once subs get made, once that fatigue sets in for the Jazz, and players that normally wouldn't play many minutes have to get into the game um, or guys that they'll be using to tank at the end of the year. I think that's when the Grizzlies, when they make their subs, have a lot more quality coming off their bench, can get that race to 20, um, hit that mark at minus 125. So race to 20 first quarter is my play of the game at minus 125 for the night. Then the final play for the game tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies team total is currently at 115.5 at minus 120 odds. I would go over on that play. The Memphis Grizzlies are averaging 119.8 points per game, tied for fourth best in the NBA. The Jazz are about as average of a defense as you can get 
15th in points allowed per game. So I'm going to go Grizzlies over the 115.5 mark. The Grizzlies have hit that game that total in three of their first five games. Hit it against the Kings, the Nets, and the Houston Rockets. The Dallas game, I think, was an outlier. And then the Knicks, I believe the, the, the pace of the game was a bit slower. Grizzlies won that game in overtime but did not hit what would have been the 115.5 mark um, in that game. So I would go Grizzlies over 115.5 for the final play of the day, team total. And that takes us to the end of the podcast. Again, I apologize for no player props. Those should be listed in the next couple hours, so make sure to follow the Twitter again, at GrizzBearBets. My personal Twitter is at ChaseBobbit9, and then the Grizzly Bear Blues Twitter is at SBNGrizzlies. Make sure to follow there as well for a lot of great Grizzly content www.grizzlybearblues.com is the blog. A lot of written content there, quick recaps, game reports, all that good stuff. And then all the other podcasts that are on this podcast network are also a great listen. So I appreciate everyone for the consistent support. We'll be back for the second game against the Utah Jazz on Monday on Halloween. And we'll go over the game, this game, the bets we made for tonight, and then get straight into that game against Utah on Monday. So thank you guys again, and I appreciate it, and see you guys soon. Thank <laughs> you.